What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to talk about Alex Smith and the Washington football team. And those things kind of go together to a certain extent. So we'll kind of be meshing those things together. But at the same time, I kind of want to address both in different lights. And of course, the big thing, the big news as far as Alex Smith goes is that he did come out and announce his retirement from football. And I think that's probably a good thing, even though I do think that he could have had some time in the NFL as a backup if he had wanted to. I got to think that, uh, or at least what I'm hearing and what makes sense to me is that he could have probably been the Jacksonville Jaguars backup to Trevor Lawrence, because I do, do believe that Trevor Lawrence needs to step out on the field day one and just start getting the game together and, you know, start getting a feel for the NFL game. Absolutely. And just take his lumps. He's a big dude. And uh, I got to think that the Jaguars are going to prioritize, you know, putting people around him. They've already, you know, franchised Cam Robinson. And hopefully he ends up being their second tackle, which he can play the right side. And hopefully they either invest a pick or maybe they get to trade for the right tackle Orlando Brown from the Ravens who wants to be a left tackle and is in the last year of his deal and wants to get paid as a left tackle. So he's trying to get a trade so that he can have a year before he hits free agency to show that he is an actual left tackle in the NFL and everything. So there's a possibility that he gets traded. There was a rumor that um, he would get traded for DJ Chark to that team and then nothing happened with that. But uh, if the Ravens actually do go ahead and sign Ali Villanueva from the Pittsburgh Steelers, that could mean that they could get that. But anyway, I digress. The point was that Alex Smith probably could have signed on to be the backup to you know show Trevor Lawrence how to be a professional. And I'm guessing that the Jaguars are probably in the mix to sign someone like that in the future now that Alex isn't really an option. But the point is, I mean, you know, he could have been a really nice piece for Jacksonville or for a team, you know, as a true professional. I don't think anybody's ever put that in question. And then with the incredible comeback that he staged last year, I think Alex earned the respect of a lot of people. Um, not that he didn't already have it from a bunch of people in the first place, but it was definitely an eye-opening situation for everyone to see him step back on the field and do what he did. It was impressive to see him out there, if nothing else. At first, I was very, very concerned about what he had going on out there and whether or not that first hit or any hit for that matter was going to you know, bring him down for the count and re-break his leg and you know, you have all these different thoughts about what that could have been and and what could happen to this guy. You know, should he sustain another leg injury? You know, would he be able to recover from that? There's just all these different things on the table for him while he's out there. And to his credit, he went out there and he played good football. If you watch the film and take a look at what they the Washington football team was doing pre-Alex Smith and post-Alex Smith, it was a big turn in what they had going on there. And part of that was that they stopped playing Garen Christian so much. He was not good and was a big sieve on the left side of that line. At times they used Morgan Moses, 
over there, he wasn't a problem on the right side, and neither was Scherf, and, and neither was the center. It was just really the left side. I mean, the guard was okay, but he wasn't great. Then you throw on, on the fact that Garen and then uh, Cornelius Lucas were in there. That didn't really help anything and made it a higher degree of difficulty type situation for the Washington football team. And that's part of the reason that Dwayne Haskins was having so much trouble is he was holding on to the ball too long and people were coming around that left side on him and really hitting him blindside. That's why NFL people put so many resources into having a good left tackle because you can't see that rush coming. And Dwayne didn't have a really good feel for the pocket at that time. And he was getting crushed on. And to Alex's credit, he came in there. He got the ball out quickly. He threw accurate passes. He threw very catchable passes. And he helped the Washington football team actually sustain some drives by throwing, you know, just the pass that was needed from the offense. Scott Turner has talent as an offensive coordinator. It's just the Washington football team on offense is a little bit behind where they should be. And they've made some strides to correct that. You know, they signed Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick are not the problem. And then you've got scary Terry on the other side. The big issue was that really outside of scary Terry, the running backs and and Logan Thomas, who I like, there wasn't a whole lot else going on in the offense the second and third wide receiver situation for most of the games were the sims and isaiah wright and just really wasn't all that effective and i wanted to see more across from scary terry because i'm really in love with scary terry's talent i think he's great and alex did a good job of getting him the ball while he was in there and to have accurate passes being thrown by the Washington football team's quarterback that there was success there when a quarterback was able to come in and throw accurate passes and just, you know, play within the offense. They didn't have a ton of success. They weren't a top flight offense at that point, but they didn't have to be, they have a good defense and they just needed to be a serviceable offense. And Alex Smith absolutely took them there. And it was, definitely to his credit that he was able to play as much as he did. He he got taken down by a calf injury and, you know, couldn't finish it out. And Taylor Heineke came in and played well. So he'll get a shot to go into training camp and try and win the job against Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I want to get into. But really, I, I, like I said, I I was very impressed with what Alex did and it was a true credit to him and his character and just I can't respect it more because, like I said, I was definitely afraid for him. Can't imagine, you know, how it must have been to be him and having gone through everything he had gone through with that leg. And to go out there and to show as much mobility as he had was really impressive. He was able to move around in the pocket a bit, and it wasn't super fast, but it never it never was necessarily, but he was a lot more agile than what he was able to show with Washington. But still, he was able to get away from people at times. And then, like I said, the big thing was he just brought stability and good decision-making, and he wasn't going crazy and turning the ball over a bunch. And it was just – it worked. And I think that that's the reason that the Washington football team went ahead and signed Ryan Fitzpatrick because I think they think that he can deliver in a similar way to what Alex was doing. You know, it was a big deal to have a veteran presence that, like I said, made good decisions, that was capable of making throws on time 
and, you know, giving his guys a chance to catch the ball and run with it while he still wasn't able to push the ball down the field as much. It still led to better offense and more sustained drives than what they were getting up to that point because Dwayne was just too inaccurate. And, you know, he has plenty of arm for sure, but it just didn't seem like he knew where it was going all the time. And receivers were having to make all kinds of plays that were really on the edge of their catch radius most of the time. And then they're falling down or they're off target or whatever it is. That's one of the things that made Kurt Warner so great and makes a lot of the great quarterbacks so good is when they throw a pass, not only do they hit their receiver, they hit them in a spot where they can catch it and continue running at the speed they're running when before they catch it. And that's when a receiver is super dangerous and has the ability to take it all the way is when they, when they're able to not break stride like that and keep going. So it wasn't the perfect games by Alex by any means. And certainly there were better quarterbacks in the NFL, but for a guy that has gone what he had gone through to come back and do what he did and have a good career for what he was. I mean, you know, certainly, you know, being the number one pick in a draft that had a rod go 23, you know, that's always going to hang over him. And then, you know, they trade him away to Washington to, have the Patrick Mahomes era start. So those things are always going to be a part of the situation too, but don't take anything away from Alex. He was a good quarterback. He played winning football. And just because he didn't ever take his team all the way, doesn't really mean that he didn't have successful time in the NFL and didn't play winning football. So kudos to him for being going out on his own terms and being able to come back. That was a big time situation. And he definitely earned the comeback player of the year's honors that he got. So That'll be interesting to see, you know, if he gets into coaching immediately or does he take some time or what does he do? Kind of looked like his kids were still pretty young. So maybe he takes some time with them and then gets into coaching. But he seems like a smart, likable guy. And I'm glad that, you know, he's getting out of it when he is and he's still going to be mobile and he's still going to be able to run around with his kids and stuff. So that's a good thing for sure. And we talked a little bit about the Washington football team and, and getting better and what does that mean and what where do they need to get better and like i said they've addressed some of the things that they needed to address absolutely it seems like they saw some of what i saw which was like i said they just didn't have very good weapons outside of terry mclaurin logan thomas and the running back i just wasn't a fan of the way the sims and uh Isaiah Wright and all those different things kind of came together for them gandy golden showed things at time but you know didn't really get in there enough to make a difference. Neither did DeAndre Carter. So it was good to see them bring in Curtis Samuel and and Adam Humphreys. Don't forget about the Adam Humphreys part of that. Having him in the slot should help things as well and should give whoever wins the quarterback competition a better target as far as their slot receiver goes. And you throw in all the multidimensional things that Curtis Samuel does on top of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, and I think you do have something there. And they could still go wide receiver in the first, second, third round, whatever it is uh, in this year's draft as well. Uh, that wouldn't hurt my feelings either. You just don't know how long the veterans are all going to last. And you definitely need somebody outside of Terry McLaurin because uh, Terry McLaurin is great. And if the rest of the field can open up for him, if they can't automatically double him 
and he has a guy that's capable of getting him the ball, especially if it's a guy that's capable of getting him the ball deep, I think that could be a big-time situation for success for them because I really like the way he plays football. He's got good size, and the speed that goes with that size is, is pretty remarkable. So I want to see him out there with someone that's capable of maximizing his talents and then having better weapons around him is going to make the offense a lot more dynamic. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a top 10 offense necessarily. If they can just be serviceable, I think the defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. And like I said, when you've got a weapon like Terry on the field, that, you know, the other guys don't have to be number one guys. They just have to be better than replacement level guys. I mean, the other guys just really didn't have it. There were a lot of drops and there wasn't a lot of separation from those other guys. It was mostly Terry and Logan Thomas that were able to, you know, work their respective parts of the field. So yes, I mean, the, the wide other wide receivers and, and had to make plays and were had to be force fed as far as targets go, but I'm excited to see Washington with a little bit better options there and then uh, I'm also excited about the competition between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. You know, it should be interesting to see who comes out of that. I think that the Washington football team kind of signed Ryan Fitzpatrick with the thoughts of him being the starter, but they did resign Taylor Heineke because I think they think they might have something there as well. I watched both of these guys on film throughout the year. And I've been making a Ryan Fitzpatrick video as it turns out, just for this very occasion. And I'm encouraged from what I see from Ryan Fitzpatrick. It is a system that he's super comfortable in as far as it being Chan Gailey's system from last year. Um, even though I wasn't a big fan of the offense itself, the point was that Ryan Fitzpatrick knew that system very well, but he is a Wiley veteran in the same way that Alex Smith was. So much like Alex Smith, I expect him to be able to go in there and offer a stabilizing presence for the offense. Fitz does a lot of the same things. He hits the short passes. He's, he's a veteran. So he's and a smart guy. So he's able to run an offense and, and throw accurate passes that the wide receivers are able to run with. And he has really good deep accuracy as well. And I can just see him and scary Terry working together well, because I just feel like Terry's going to be beating people deep. And if Ryan's able to throw it over the top and beat defenses over the top, that's going to open everything up for the rest of the offense and allow all the underneath stuff to be more open because they'll have to put more coverage over the top of scary Terry. And that'll just make everything flow for the Washington football team. And like I said, it may not be a top end unit, but I think it can be scary if they're able to get that type of contribution over the top, because it just, it just opens everything up and they've got weapons now that are capable of taking advantage of that. Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, Adam Humphreys, all those guys are really good underneath and offer soft hands and, you know, the ability to get open, you know, in those areas. So if Terry's able to take the top off of the defense a bit and Ryan's able to hit him with a bunch of those passes, then that's going to mean big things for the Washington football team. And that could lead them to be dangerous in the NFC East that's still kind of in flux. I mean, everybody thinks about the Cowboys and the Cowboys are always the betting favorite, but man, that defense is going to be tough and they're going to match up really well 
with the Cowboys and their offense. So I can see Ryan and scary Terry together. I can also see Taylor Heineke coming in and winning the job. I don't know that he is an NFL starter. He looked good in his time out on the field, but it's a very small sample size and I'm just not quite as sure. It didn't read like he had the same type of NFL traits that some of the other more successful quarterbacks have. So I'm kind of thinking that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to come in and win that job, pair him up with Terry, give the, give the offense a really stabilizing presence and uh, a veteran presence with accuracy. That's going to be able to work the ball deep. He does have interception problems, but also remember Miami was in kind of the same shape that the Washington football team was last year. The weapons are kind of subpar Devonte. Parker and Mike Gasicki and then a bunch of other just kind of rando guys and then Austin Jackson on his blind side kind of opening things up in the same way Gary Christian did on the left side so I think if Washington improves the way they need to maybe it's a first round tackle maybe it isn't but you know if they can show some improvement on the left side they've already improved their options with the wide receivers maybe they keep investing there I don't see any reason that they can't compete this year um which is surprising to me if you would have said that a team that doesn't have like a top 15 quarterback would be in the position that I feel like the Washington football team is. But I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is capable of giving them enough and giving him that stabilizing presence. And it kind of seems like a fit to me with the way Scott Turner was running everything last year. And with a better arm strength and better deep accuracy from the quarterback, that should open things up for him as well. So I'm also interested in the Washington football team from that aspect. I mean, how can they get better? What does a quarterback with a bigger arm bring? Um, although they are going to have to get used to, you know, he is a little bit more of a gunslinger than Alex Smith. And that was something Alex brought to the table was that he's not going to push the ball in ways that put the ball in jeopardy for better or for worse. And for most of the parts that what Washington was getting, it was for better because they were getting such spotty quarterback play before that. I don't hate Kyle Allen necessarily. It's just he's not a winning quarterback in the NFL. Taylor Heineke still up for debate. A lot of people hang on to his performance in against Tampa, but they lost that game. Part of it was they couldn't get it going on offense until Tampa Bay kind of backed off and they just kind of backed off a little early and allowed Washington to do a little bit of damage. But like I said before, the NFC East is totally winnable. You know, you're building a culture in Washington. You've got, it seems like everything's kind of moving in the right direction. You don't have the, those same powers that be, you know, underneath Daniel Snyder, Daniel Snyder's still there, but it seems like he's got enough of the, the cultural aspects, Ron Rivera in place to, you know, have this, franchise actually make good decisions and actually like move in the right direction. It's all, it's not a linear thing as far as your football team getting better, but it does feel like they are making progress in a progressive way. I mean, they're step-by-step they're getting better and uh, just better decision-making over time, you know, could make them dangerous and could make them an organization that, could actually be feared rather than kind of being a laughing stock like they have been for some time under Daniel Snyder. And I know that that, I mean, it's kind of harsh, but at the same time, I think Washington football team fans lament 
you know, his ownership of the team as much as anything at this point. And to have him have good football people in place, that's a big deal for them. And they should be excited. And hopefully the moves they keep making kind of move towards that. Cause like I said, it just seems like the draft and the signings they're making and all those things are, are showing good uh, judgment and good decision-making. And uh, I would be excited by that if I was in Washington when you've kind of, you know, been up and down just like the whole rest of the NFC East. We're all, we're all kind of uh, dysfunctional brothers in that way. And uh, as much as I've had contempt for Washington, you know, being a Cowboys fan, I respect them. And I, like I said, if I'm them, you know, as a, not even as a neutral party, I'm impressed that they have, you know, gotten to the point that they've gotten to. And it definitely, it would be concerning for me if I'm the other organizations in the NFC East that they finally kind of look like they have their stuff together. So color me interested. I'll be interested to see what they do at 19 as well. Like I said, I hope that's probably an offensive tackle of some sort. Um, but uh, we'll see what they do with that. I'd also be happy with the wide receiver if one of the good ones fell that far, although none of the really, really top options are thought to fall that far. Um, it's kind of like this top four that's probably going to go like in the top 15 at the very least, so probably a little too far back for that, but they've made some investments there already. You know, They haven't really brought in as much in the offensive line part of it when they definitely need to. And uh, when it's, it's mainly, like I said, it's mainly the left tackle situation, but it was so bad last year that I just need, I need some investment there for sure. And I think they know it. And if you're one lineman away from, you know, putting together a really good unit that would go a long way as far as supporting this team as well. Cause amongst all the different units that's out there on a football team, the offensive line is the one that really has to work in concert together. So to have that one sewed up and to have that one looking good would be a really big deal for them. And I think that's something they'd want to be setting up as well. So we'll see where they invest and we'll see what they come up with draft wise. I mean, we still have second part of free agency where, you know, everybody kind of see sees where they're at after the draft as well. So there's a lot, still a lot of things to be done here, but uh, like I said, it feels like there's a good trend going on in Washington. That's why I wanted to talk about them today. In addition to the retirement of Alex Smith and uh, they did right by him too. I mean, they, they, they had to with the guaranteed money, but I know, uh, I know I'd have been scared to death to have him on the field with that leg, just like I was scared watching it. So kudos to them. And uh, it makes the league better when there's not as many laughing. There's not as many franchises that are in flux and not moving in the right direction. It's better for competition. And honestly, it's better for me that I'm going to be watching these games and I don't like watching crappy football. I like talking about really competitive, good football. And it kind of feels like Washington's going to be playing that brand of football from here on out, as long as they're able to keep this current power structure in place. Well, that's what I've got for today. Like, listen, subscribe, and of course, download. If you have gotten to this point and haven't done so, download the podcast. That lets me know that you're here and listening. And uh, definitely look out for the videos for this next week. I've been having fun. I made the Kyler 50 top runs and uh, the the Dalvin and Nick Chubb top 50 plays. Uh, I'm working on David Montgomery right now. I've got some other things 
already made and in the mix that I just need to go over. So just look out for the videos. Look out for another podcast this week. We're going to start having guests and having some of my football friends on that are a part of the roundtable to talk about football and the like. So look forward to that and have a great rest of your day.